starting it. I guess we don't really have, I guess we can just do whoever. I'm just going to start it with the burp. <laughs> no. <laughs> we're going to lose all of our listeners. If anything, we're going to gain listeners. Maybe. I guess if people have like a weird fetish. Welcome we're tapping back. into the burp fetish community. Happy Tuesday. Um, thank you so much for joining us. And if you've made it this far, honestly, congrats. <laughs> you haven't shut it off. Two minutes. Two minutes into the episode. Uh, well, we're recording remotely this intro because I'm out of town. I'm in California and Jackie is at home. What have you been up to this past week? I feel like it's been a crazy week for both of us. Mm-hmm. I had my first 40 hour week this week because I just bumped up at work to 40 hours from 30 and I'm literally exhausted. I don't know how people work 40 hours a week. I'm so tired. I've literally been so tired every single day. And, um, but, um, last week when I went to go visit my brothers, we all just had a big party and got pretty drunk. And then at one point all of the parents left and it was just like me and all the college kids. I just realized I'm the oldest person at the party. And, uh, (laughs) And it showed because I like went outside for some fresh air as it was hot and disgusting inside. And there was this kid sitting out on a chair outside and his head was between his legs. And I was like, hey, man, like, are you good? He's like, mm. and I'm like, do you want some water? He's like, mm. and so I get him some water and I come back. I get it to him I'm like, here, drink this, please. And he goes, thanks. Love you. I remember this kid in my life. <laughs> Then I went to last night a bar with live music and it was like the first time I've done that in like two years. So that was weird. Was it, did people have to wear masks? No. So weird, dude. I didn't know that that was getting totally lifted. Mm-hmm. So the mask mandate has been lifted in Denver everywhere. So anywhere you go, you don't have to wear a mask. The only place that I've had to wear a mask is the gym still. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah. I think businesses can choose Mm -hmm. for themselves, but most just aren't because I think it would like limit their people. But like technically, yeah, technically the rule is that if you're vaccinated, you can go maskless. But also like most businesses just don't ask or aren't allowed to ask. But also it's like if you are an anti-masker who is also just doesn't want to get the vaccine, then you're obviously not going to be like hey like I'm not vaccinated but I don't want to wear a mask you're just gonna just keep your mouth shut that's wild I'll be really interested to come back because I'm gonna be going to LA today I I don't know if their mask mandate has been lifted there I guess we'll see yeah what do you have to I mean honestly a lot of stuff going on a lot it's been like literally the longest week ever since we released the last episode Mm -hmm. I guess I've been out here I've been traveling for like 10 days so I went to Boston um to visit Tanner so I was there for like four days that was really fun I'd never been to Boston before he like showed me all around and showed me all the different areas like where he lives which is in East Boston and then over like actually in downtown Boston and then we went out to the Harvard campus which was like cool there was a bunch of people there doing graduation picks and I was like I am really among a bunch of Harvard graduates and I feel like the stupidest person on earth but that was cool to see it's like a beautiful campus and it was really not very crowded or anything it was like pretty quiet over there and then we flew to San Diego which was like the longest day ever because I had to work all day and then at 6 p.m 
we flew. We got in at 11.30, but it was 2.30 Boston time. Mm. And so we traveled for like eight hours after I got off work. And it was just, and then the next morning I had a meeting at 7 a.m. California time. Yeah, it was just a long day. So then the next day I had like all these meetings and a presentation and I was working from like my, we flew out to California for my friend Nicole's birthday. And I was like working from her bed and it was just like such a weird day. I was super sleep deprived. But then the next day, which was Friday, I took PTO again and we drove up here to um, Tehachapi, California. And we stayed in a super cool Airbnb, which is where I'm where I'm recording from right now. It has like a pool and it's kind of like tucked back in the hills, like kind of mountainy, but still kind of deserty. And the whole house is designed like super cute boho. I just loved it. So that was really fun. But I have been consuming. You like live for cool Airbnbs. Yeah, literally. I just love them. But it's been really fun. I've been drinking a lot of alcohol. And I think I'm going to need to detox for like the rest of my life. So, oh, I was going to say, do you have, is there anything that you've been watching? Did you start watching Cruel Summer? No, I am not. Oh, I know. (laughs) This is bad. It's bad because I just feel like I've had no time to watch anything. I know. I haven't watched a single thing. Yeah. I've just been like just like just literally to, working to keep it together yeah. yeah 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 it's a lot to like make a switch to working that much so yeah also because totally it's, it's it. not even it's not even that but also it's like before when I was only working 30 hours sometimes I would work at like 12 mm-hmm. or like even one and I don't have any of those days anymore it's either nine or ten and every, this week it was 9 a.m every single day and Oof. like obviously if you've been listening to this podcast ever you know I'm not a morning person yeah that's early for you Anyway, yeah, I don't really have so, any recommendations either. Right, because you've been just like traveling. I've been like traveling so much. I feel like I haven't been keeping up with any content. And I also like have not been posting. I was like, I'm going to post a bunch. I'm going to take a bunch of cute pics. And the whole time I was here, I was like, I just don't have the energy to like put into taking all these cute social media pics. Sometimes I do. Like sometimes I'm like, I want to get a bunch of cute pics. And like, I really enjoy it. Not just of me, but like just a like, cute little restaurants or whatever. And I was just like, ah, I just don't really want to. I don't really have the energy. I just want to like enjoy it. And that was fine. But it was so fun. Like when I was in Boston, we went and rode bikes around East Boston and it was so cute. And I seriously haven't ridden a bike in probably like six or seven years. And I just, honestly, I hate to even say this because I know we're an anti-bike podcast, but (laughs) I had a really good time. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, well, do you have anything else? to intro um, or do you want to get into the episode yeah no nothing else to intro yes well we have a really great episode for you guys we recorded it last week and we're just talking all things kind of mental health and taking care of yourself healing uh teen choice awards just a lot of really good wholesome content so we'll be right back with that <laughs> Okay, we are back with our guest for the day. He is an actor, a musician, and an advocate for the LGBTQ plus and mental health communities. Please welcome to the podcast, Jordan Dow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm messing up each of these intros. That's okay. You don't even. This is this is perfect. We're gonna we're gonna roll with this one right here. Um, go, go, go. What's well, up? Yes, we're so excited to have you on. We've wanted to have you on forever. 
And we're so glad we could finally make it work. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Just to get started, do you want to tell us a little bit and everyone else a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, how old you are, all that, all that good stuff? Oh, every detail. Gotcha. Every detail. Yeah. Um, Social security right. number. Well, I was, I have childhood trauma. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> how far do you want to go back? No. I don't uh, know. My main uh, question is, uh, do you think toilet paper should go over or, un- or under? Over. Oh, uh, I don't over. know, actually. Wait, Unless you have, wait, like, wait, a cat. Wait, wait, wait. If you I have a cat. I think I, like, pay attention. Oh, I I think do. it's usually over, though. But if it's under, like, I, I don't, don't care. I don't wipe my ass. You do? Over? <laughs> I don't use. It's like I have a bidet. <laughs> I'm rich and I have a bidet. Um. <laughs> we ain't that bougie. <laughs> In other countries, like, that's not bougie. That's normal. That's so normal. Yeah, <laughs> they don't waste. You know what I mean? Yeah, they don't, like, I'm waste like, a okay, shit ton of paper for no reason. We waste paper. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about <laughs> We're never going to get through this, guys. No, we are not. Okay, yes, go ahead. Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and what you do for a living, and all that good stuff. Right. Um, that I will tell. Uh, so <laughs> um, I am an actor. Uh, man, I hate... I hate saying these. I hate saying this because it's like I literally try to do everything. It's like I'm an actor. I write. I host. I am a singer. I make music. I paint. I love oh interior gosh. design. I literally do everything. That's great. Just, you're just a creative vessel. Yeah. Yeah, but my bank account doesn't like to like show that. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like you love all this stuff, but where are you at? Yeah. You know? So, but um, yeah, but. More traditionally, yes, actor, musician, host, um, ex-comedian, future comedian, I don't know, whatever. We are a advocate for the mental health community because why not? <laughs> You're like, my mental health is really bad, so. <laughs> I know. We became an advocate because I went through it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but truly, though, truly. Yeah. So how, like, how did you get into acting and comedy and all of that? Yeah. So, um, funny story. I, uh, in high school, I grew up in Michigan, so I'm 25. I grew up in Michigan and, um, I'd always been, you know, around middle school, I joined this like theater, this like local theater. And I started doing shows. We were doing so many shows. I got into dance to singing and then, um, you know, I started doing theater outside of school and inside school. So I was like doing all of the above. And then I started doing um, improv. So I started doing improv in Michigan and Chicago at Second City. And I just, I, I love the stage. I love everything about an audience. RIP 2020. But, um, <laughs> okay. Um, I just, I love, I love connecting with people and I love, performing and I love the stage I love people's energy I love everything that's kind of how I got into it all and then I moved I went to college for one year MSU woot woot go green (laughs) and then and then uh dropped out to do well I didn't drop out I left I took a hiatus and I did an internship at Disneyland oh and then I never came back home I got an agent (laughs) I got an agent I got a job at a froyo shop and I started auditioning and working, and I got an apartment. And six years later, yeah, I've gotten to host some cool stuff. I've gotten to do a few movies. I have another one coming up soon. 
Um, and I just recently started getting into music um, as honestly a form of therapy. And that's been super uh, rewarding and therapeutic and fulfilling. It's mm-hmm. been everything. Um, and then, yeah, I also used to do comedy. I hate when I say used to, though, because I still love comedy. But it's hard to do comedy when your mental health is not, <laughs> not good. working. It's not <laughs> totally. good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I could definitely see that. So. Yeah. It's hard to be funny when you're – when you don't feel funny. Hurting. Yeah, when you're hurting. Like, yeah. Yeah, and like a lot of comedians use that as like their thing. That's not my thing. But I – yeah, and if you use that as your thing though, then what happens when it, you get better and you're – you can't use that thing anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. I'd rather exactly. it rely on something like – my good mental health and like funny experiences. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's my life story. Love that. Mm-hmm. So when you were living in LA after you did the internship at Disney, <clears throat> when you got an agent, what were they helping you out with? Like acting, all, kind of all of the above, or was it something more specific that you started in? Get this. My <laughs> I think this is so crazy. This is like so kooky. My first agent was Howie Mandel's wife. What? No way. <laughs> she is such an icon. Uh, she's great. I literally remember borrowing someone at my internship all the way in Anaheim, California. I borrowed someone's car who worked at Disney, drove all the way to Santa Monica, which is like over an hour, an hour drive, like hour and a half, I would say. Maybe two hours, maybe two and a half with traffic. <laughs> and... um. I remember auditioning for literally Howie Mandel's wife to be repped. And then just like that, we started working together. I also had managers and um, we were submitting for commercials, for theatrical, for all of the above. You know, I was getting a few things here and there, but nothing really like substantial. I booked a Pandora radio commercial once and like, I'm a huge, I was a huge Fall Out Boy fan mm-hmm. and Fall Out Boy surprised me by calling me and performing for me on Zoom before Zoom was a thing. I think it was <laughs> like actually Skype. Skype. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's that anymore? <laughs> uh, and that was the commercial, was literally me reacting to them singing. And Wait, I got paid so for it. was it candid? Was like the, you didn't know what was going to happen? I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know who was going to call me, what was going to happen, but, like, I knew something was going to happen. I was waiting for a call, mm-hmm. and then they shut up, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, thanks for the memories, yeah. <laughs> did you, so, was, it, was it one take and done? Oh, or yeah, it was, like, it? they did a whole song, and I was, like, they had, like, a sign that was, like, please dance. And I was, like, you got it. Could you could you do a reenactment of your reaction? I was like, I was like, what the? I was freaking out. I was freaking out. I'm sure it's somewhere on YouTube or something. Oh if my not, gosh, I love that. I need to find that. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. That's so it. cool. That's cool because you usually don't get your like favorite memories on camera, and by right. a band who sings about memories. memories. <laughs> exactly. So that was kind of your first big thing. And then you had a YouTube channel, right? Oh, yeah. So so this was also a time I was, like, trying to grow my social media. So I was on YouTube. I was, like, doing the damn thing. Sorry, I don't know if I should swear. 
Oh, definitely. Um, you definitely. definitely should swear. Yeah. Swear as much as you can. Swear Fuck more yeah. often, actually. Cool. <laughs> you know, like a sailor? <laughs> oh, yeah. Take that. Do that. Tone, tone it up three. <laughs> yeah, put put that cool. on steroids. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. So you had um, a YouTube channel. Correct. Thank you. <laughs> so I had a YouTube channel and, uh, yeah, I was, I was making videos all the time and, and, you know, doing that. You know, I had my inspirations. I had Connor Franta, you know, Tyler Oakley was doing his thing at the time and Joey Graceffa and all these people. I mean, they still are, but like those were my idols and I totally, um, I wanted to be that. And so I started making my own content. It wasn't until I moved to LA that I found out that you could make social media a career. It was this whole new world. Because mm-hmm. so, what year was that? Oh, I feel old. I know. This was like 2014, 15. Okay, so like right when, you know, making money on social media was like really taking off. First starting, yeah. Getting really big, yeah. yeah. And in Vine. Mm-hmm. Vine oh my gosh, the Vine, Vine era. I was on Vine. I started making videos on Vine, <laughs> and that's actually what inspired me to get on YouTube. However, okay. I had been on YouTube since like middle school mm-hmm. making cringy <laughs> stuff. That's- I hope it still exists somewhere. <laughs> No. <laughs> You're like, I have scrubbed every corner of the internet. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and uh, Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I was like, I, I started getting invited to all these like events, like YouTuber, Jordan, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? This is so cool. So then I ended up getting like a YouTube manager. And this was very interesting for me because I was like, this is so this is a world I had I've never heard of, and I was ready for it. And I actually had to shop around a few before I landed on the one that I'm actually still with today that now rep me 360. So basically, uh, when I got with the management I'm with now, um, you know, they helped me kind of build my socials. They kind of helped me more, not even become like an influencer. They helped me become like a talent and they helped me with, you know, my acting. Like they, they submit me for stuff. They do, they did my press at the time. They were really like an all house kind of, kind of deal. And now they're like huge, which is just so cool. I'm so proud of them. Mm-hmm. But, um, it, it's really cool. Like in the five years we've been together, it's like, I've gotten to do some really cool stuff. Shit that I've never ever imagined for myself and it's just cool like cool looking back and being like Mm -hmm. oh my god we did that like that's just so crazy Mm -hmm. it's overwhelming a little bit especially with 2020 being kind of this like Uh, break yeah where it's like you were doing all this stuff and then all of a sudden there was this kind of like gap year for everybody and then you come back and it's like starting over or something but what's weird is my shit started b- before the pandemic. So when the pandemic hit, I was already quarantining. I was already isolating myself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Do you want to talk a little bit about that and like what happened yeah. with your health? Yeah. So um, this meeting has been upgraded by the host. Okay, true. Who <laughs> <laughs> <So> true, Zoom. <laughs> Long story short, for I would say – Probably three years, I would say three, four years. I was nonstop. I was making all of the, all of this content. I was 
doing all of these events. I was, I was auditioning every day. I was going to all these events. I was, I was doing all of these, I was traveling. I was doing so much to the point where I like literally think that I completely burnt out. It was a, it was a life that was so glamorous, so exciting, but I wasn't ready for it. Um, I wasn't ready for it at all. And, uh, I totally burnt out and I started to get into like a really creative block and I had no idea why it was like randomly. I just, I started to get depressed and I started to just get, I, I was drained all the time, but generally I was fine. It wasn't until I moved out of my first apartment that I lived at in three for three years. It wasn't until I moved out of that apartment and I lived on my own. And I like, I got my first boyfriend, you know, I was dating publicly and I was like really embracing my true self. This was the height of my career. I had just filmed two movies. They were coming out this year. I was living alone. I was like making good money. I had good friends and I, I, I felt like I was like truly living it up. But I, it was like my career was advancing, but I was still back here. I was still, I wasn't there. And, and that was, what year was that? 2018, I really started to, I, f I started to feel very overwhelmed all the time. Like an email would overwhelm me, too many things on my calendar would overwhelm me, to the point where like, even if one thing was on my calendar, it would overwhelm me. Like this podcast would overwhelm me. Like it was like, I, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle anything. And so I really, at the time, dove into trying to find what I truly like to do. I love interior design, so I would start, you know, decorating my, my, my apartment, my friend's apartment. I really started to dive into music at this time. Um, this was also when I started hosting, so that was kind of fun. But I truly started to lose touch with, like, honestly, myself and reality. And also 2018, was kind of like my trigger year. I had kind of a few traumatic events happen. It was like weird. It was like boom, 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 boom. And what happens with trauma is trauma, when you go through trauma, you totally, your body goes into insane fight or flight and it rewires itself to defend you. What happens with trauma is sometimes a it gets stored in the body the body keeps the score there's a great book you can read it somewhere um doesn't give the name <laughs> or author at all read that book no that's the that's the title that's but i don't the know the author's the name oh oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i just thought you were just putting that out there he's read like there's book. a book about it figure it out figure it out it's not my job <laughs> go find it go find it um so what ended up happening, I went through some traumatic shit. And then it was almost like overnight, my body changed. My brain changed, my body changed. And after my last trigger, probably like I, I call it the big one. I call it the, the, the I, that day is so burned in my memory. Things were not the same. It was like I was, I viewed the world in a different lens to the point where like my vision was even disturbed. My vision started getting disturbed. I had all of this panic, all of this anxiety physically. Like obviously there's a difference between I feel like 
I feel like there's a difference between anxiety and panic. Mm -hmm. Anxiety is mental. Panic is physical. Yeah. Panic is the, is, I feel like, in my opinion, the physical manifestation of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, oh my God, I need to run away. I was in that state chronically for like months, months and months and months. And it was so crazy when it first started happening. I was, I ended up in the ER multiple times thinking I was having a heart attack, thinking I was, I I, I couldn't breathe. I started wheezing all the time, dizzy, headaches. My, my body started hurting. Did you know that it was anxiety or were you just like something is wrong with me and I don't know what it is I, I I did not want to admit it was anxiety also because I'm very analytical and I, I view everything in an in an equation format I knew that anxiety wasn't the only thing at play here and that's what I kind of with my own mental health journey that's what I kind of tell everybody don't settle for anything don't settle for a diagnosis. Don't settle for that medication. Don't settle for that that treatment plan. Don't settle for this way of life. Don't settle for anything. Figure out what makes you, you, and heal it. If that means going to therapy, great. If that means getting on medication, great. If that means getting a diagnosis, great. These are all great things. They're great tools. But don't let that define you. Don't let that be your crutch because I think there is such great opportunity when your mental health goes to shit. There is so much to learn from it. And I think that's at the place I'm at. Like, don't get me wrong. My mental health is still fluctuating, but I can honestly say that my emotional and spiritual health are on a different level. Like had I not gone through this and like, I'll explain more, but it totally I don't know. I think I think things happen for a reason and they're there to teach you something and like I'm a true believer that like anxiety is there to tell you something. Like your body is trying to tell you something. Listen to it. Mm-hmm. Whether it's unresolved trauma, whether it's environmental. So this is what ended up happening. My body started attacking itself and I thought I was dying. I literally thought I was dying for I still have my days, but when it was new, it was scary. And I, I like for two years, I literally was like, man, I, I pray that I wake up tomorrow. Like I, it was getting so bad and no doctor could help me. I went to doctor after doctor after doctor. Oh, you know, you just have anxiety. Here's Xanax. Oh, you just have anxiety. Here's lorazepam. Oh, mm, here's, you know, just go home, meditate. Like breathe you're fine and I, I would bath. go home take a bath I was so offended I was so no one heard me no one saw me if if anxiety was the only thing at play here why didn't you tell me where to go why didn't you tell me why didn't you give me resources to check out why did I don't know. I just I'm I did not trust the 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 medical system at this point at all. So it wasn't until I went to this last doctor that honestly changed my life. This last doctor, 
was like, it was a heart doctor. I had like some weird heart issues, like an abnormal EKG, all this stuff. This doctor was like, Jordan, you are pretty much fine. I do see something wrong, but I'm going to tell you something and I need you to hear me out. She goes, go home and practice mindfulness. Study it like no other. And I went home and I bawled my eyes out because, again, in my head, that was her saying, here's Xanax. And this was yet mm-hmm. again another turn away. I called my mom. I'm bawling my eyes out. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm never going to the doctor again. This is, this is horrible. I will just have to live with this. But then I sat with her words and I'm like, I sat with it more and more and more. And I realized that mindfulness is literally the way to perfect health, perfect mental health, perfect wholeness. Like it's hard and don't get me wrong. It's hard. It's not, no, no quick fix. It's like, you have to really do the work and you have to be serious about it and you have to want it. So for a long time, I didn't want it because I didn't believe in it. I didn't believe in it at all. I literally was like, there's no way this is real. Like where, you know, there's got to be something wrong with me. I got to have cancer or I have to have a tumor or I have to have some rare disease, you know? Do you have to have an idea of what it is that is very like complete? You know, yeah. it's not, I needed it's an not answer. blurry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You needed I a, needed an, an answer that, that was would very... make sense for all of your problems. Yeah. I needed a specific answer. So, uh, and I'll just touch on this lightly. I actually then to a functional medicine doctor. And this is why I bring up environment. So this one functional medicine doctor ran all of these labs. He thought I had Lyme disease. I didn't. Um, But I had a bunch of underlying hidden chronic infections. Like I had something called mold toxicity, one of the worst they've ever seen in their office, which, you know, if you do some quick research is a huge cause for psychological issues. This doctor in my head found the answer. So all of 2020, I really isolate. Well, I mean, also we were in a pandemic, but I really isolated myself and took to his care. I started detoxing and detoxing and detoxing and detoxing. And what ended up happening is I totally think that I, detoxed way too fast my body wasn't ready for it and this is a thing and i went even further under i went further and further and further under and i truly felt failed by everything and everybody so now i'm very much in a place where trauma is the root of everything trauma is what caused my body to miswire Trauma is the reason it's still here because this whole chapter was traumatic and I almost, I almost don't know how to not identify with it anymore. Um, and yeah, I just, I, the more and more I've, I've learned the past three years is that trauma is the root of everything. Like you can, you know, there's, there's books out there and there's science everywhere that like, if you heal your, your, trauma, your childhood trauma, your, you know, emotional health, you can truly like let go of symptoms. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm with a, I'm with a doctor now. I just, I moved back to Michigan for a time for a little bit. And uh, my doctor now is like throwing around the term fibromyalgia, which is just crazy to me. Cause I'm like, what? I always thought that was for like older people and, and women, especially because mm-hmm. it was more prominent in women. And I'm like, how can I, at 26, turning 26, how can I have fibromyalgia, fibromyalgia and like crippling mental health? And it's like, I don't know. I I feel like I was given this story and this chapter. I didn't ask for it at all. I didn't want it. <laughs> uh, I was. Are you sure you didn't like sign up for anything? Yeah, I'm like, wait, did I manifest this? Yeah. <laughs> Are you but sure you weren't asking for it? I know. I'm like, did I pray for this? <laughs> but in a way, I think I was. Because I was not taking care of myself before this. Like, if I go back and I see the signs, this was this was going to happen. I, it truly was. Like, I was not going down a good path. I wasn't taking care of my body. I lived in, like, a shitty apartment with the mold. Um, yeah, I, I was not taking care of myself. And I totally didn't even believe in this world of healing. And now that I'm in it, I know that's the way out. So anyone listening to this, I hope that, I don't know, inspires you, helps you. Mm-hmm. I see you. I hear you. It's, it's, I think we're all going through something and it's. I was going to say that I think a lot of people who haven't been through it with mental health, they think that, you know, you're either mentally healthy or you're not. You either are, yeah. or you aren't. And when really it's just this whole spectrum of, where you are and you know you kind of fluctuate on that spectrum but if you are someone who believes that you have great mental health you don't think that it is a spectrum here's what's frustrating those who don't suffer with mental health issues don't get it they just simply yeah, don't they just simply and that's don't. not that's not against that's not a bad thing good for you yeah what sucks though is the lack of empathy and the fact that there is this weird stigma around it still. Mental health should be treated just like any other health condition. Think about it. You could say that like after said trigger, and this this is what I kind of say sometimes, my brain broke. Just like I, you know, you break a shoulder, an elbow on the pavement. Like it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. And what is frustrating is that we judge people's character we judge people's um intention we judge everything uh and it's just like i don't know this whole chapter has really opened my eyes and to empathy for others yeah i don't know i just think i just think this stuff really opens your eyes to stuff and it's it's pretty pretty cool it's hard healing is hard healing is fucking hard it's probably the hardest thing you'll probably ever go through because it's so consuming but it's worth it. Yeah, I I totally agree that it's like an every second thing. And because of that, it can be absolutely exhausting. I, I had a question about trauma. The whole topic of trauma can be very confusing to me because what is trauma? Like what can something happen that you were like, that was fine. And then it's come it manifests later as trauma or, you know, Absolutely. like, is something maybe that we don't even consider trauma 
like a fight with your significant other or something like that. Is that absolutely trauma? Like I, I think it's kind of like a blurry, it's a blurry topic for me. So trauma is anything that sends the body and or brain out of uh, regulation. It's when it's like dysregulated. So like anything that kind of changes your like perspective. The, yeah, like the way you see the world and like the way you respond to things now. And so, so I, I think I read somewhere trauma. Trauma is anything that sends the body into misalignment. So trauma could be anything from literally, physically. If you get in a car crash and mm -hmm. you break your whole leg, on paper, your leg could heal perfectly. But you might always have pain there because your brain remembered that pathway. And your brain will always send pain signals there. It's crazy. Our brains are so powerful. It's kind of scary. But it's also exciting because it's like you also have the power to like rewrite that. So, but trauma can be anything from a fight you had with a significant other to a car accident to literally scraping your knee on the on the pavement all the way to sexual assault to abuse emotionally physically and what is kind of coming to the to light now is how important childhood trauma is in healing that because your childhood trauma shapes how you view the entire world you know your your what you go through is how you act in, in society and you have the power to like let all of that go and that's what's crazy about it all i think there's something to be said about what you go through as a child when your brain is still developing and how that in turn affects your brain development going forward and the way that you react to things in the world or the way you see the world like you were saying um, and I think a lot of times people will be like, oh, I recovered from that. Like that was so long ago, whatever. And in reality, you either didn't or you thought that you did. And it's still affecting you in some way, but you just don't, mm -hmm. you can't put your finger on it. And obviously that's what things like therapy are for, even mindfulness, right. Uh, right. meditation, all that kind of stuff I think can really help. So there's something called an ACE score. And it's like, I think that means adverse childhood experiences. And it's all about like, you know, everything from like not feeling loved enough from a parent to like not feeling seen. Or if your score is a certain number, you're more prone. And this is like backed up by science, I guess. You are more prone, the higher the number, to be sick chronically as an adult. It's crazy. So crazy. It, really just, it really just goes to show you that like, the way you view the world, what you go through, and how you react to it really shapes how your mental health and your physical health become. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so that's that. So, so have you been working on, you know, identifying those like childhood experiences and figuring out how to work through them? Yeah, so... Oh, this is what I was going to say earlier. When you start, and this only happens if you're really taking it seriously, but when you start on the path of like healing, oh my gosh, so much shit comes at you from every angle. You know, I started getting into, I got into therapy. I used to, I used to praise therapy for years to everybody on my social media. However, I was such a fraud because I never did it myself. 
this year I finally did it. And when you, yeah, like when you start the healing journey, you start, stuff starts coming up that you didn't even know was a trigger for you or things that you didn't even know affected you. And it's just crazy because it's like all at once. I'm like, I didn't even know that affected me, but like, I feel that right now. Jeez, damn, damn, damn. <laughs> in every angle. But like, it's important. Like you have to think, you have to think through all that. You have to feel it. You have to feel. Yeah. So like, I try to tell people the biggest, mind you, I'm still going through it. But the biggest shift in my mental health journey was not being afraid to feel it. For so long, I was like, don't have a panic attack, don't have a panic attack, which made it worse and last mm -hmm. so much longer than it needed to. Yeah. Hours, sometimes days. If, and this is so scary, it's hard. So don't, you know, only do it if you're ready, but feeling it full heartedly, fully, completely, mindfully, mindfully. Is that a word? Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, that's a yeah. word. That's a word. A great word. Um, yeah. Uh, the more I started feeling my anxiety and even my symptoms, like my pain and everything else, it lessens a little bit. And it really kind of, when you bring it's, awareness somewhere, it can it can lighten up. Mm -hmm. It's um, like the fear of it makes it even worse. Way worse. Like I talked about, we, we did an episode about anxiety recently where I shared some of my experience and I talked about the hardest part of having panic disorder is that you're so afraid that it's going to happen again and you're constantly trying to keep it from happening because it's so terrifying that you you start to have panic attacks over the fact that you think you're going to have a panic attack so it does make it so much worse and when some some of the best <clears throat> advice i got from a therapist was to basically ride the wave is what she called it she was like you can either get to the peak of the panic attack and go into flight mode and just bail and do whatever it is that like makes it go away instantly which is okay Right. Because sometimes you really need that. But if you can at least just try to like almost let it happen and know mm -hmm. that it's not going to last forever, you're, it'll be more of like a bell curve than just like the sharp drop off. And eventually that curve will start to get lower and lower. The threshold will start to go down because your brain will start to be like, okay, I can get through it. I don't have to bail, even though in some cases, feels like you, you feel like it. And in some cases, maybe you need to. But, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's so important to actually ride that out and train your brain that, like, it's okay if this happens. Because if you aren't afraid of it, it's not going to yeah. happen as much. Show them who's boss. My, uh, my <laughs> therapist says a cool thing. She goes, starve it out. Starve mm -hmm. it out. Feel it. Don't be afraid of it. Feel it. Let the fear of it subside and it will no longer affect you that way. Mm -hmm. Same thing with like affirmations and like affirmations are powerful. You can actually like rewire your brain from affirmations mm -hmm. and, you know, mindfulness and stuff. You know, if you do that enough, you can literally starve the negative out. I'm working on it, so I can't tell you from experience, but <laughs> it's so important to like we're talking about. Don't be afraid of it, but also be honest. Yeah. Who gives uh, a fuck? 
Yeah, that's been a huge thing for me. Even just like in the last couple of years, there there was a point in 2019 where I was just at my absolute breaking point. I was not functioning really at all um, yeah. under this weight of, of, of a panic disorder. And I just, all I wanted to do was like, not let anybody know it was happening and not, and not yeah. even because of like shame, but more of fear that talking about it was going to make it worse. It, and so finally, I finally told Tanner who I was living with him at the time and he, you know, was my best friend. And I was finally like, this is the thing that really triggers my anxiety, this specific thing. And it sounds so stupid, but it is my biggest fear and it's the root of all of my anxiety. And of course to him, he probably was like, okay, like I don't really get that, but okay. And it's something that has spiraled into all these different types of anxiety. And just saying that, I was always even so afraid to say it. I was like, if I say it, it's gonna happen. If I if I talk about it, I'm gonna have a panic attack, you know? And just saying it, then I said it to another person. And then I said it to another person. And I was like, this is actually making me less afraid and mm. it's making my anxiety better amongst it, other it things. It takes away the power of it. It does. Yeah. It me too. Like I totally, you know, when I say like, be honest about it, like if you're going through it, say that if you're having, if you're having a panic attack or, or like an, uh, an episode or whatever, hiding it is just, in my opinion, as bad as fearing it, because when you're hiding it, you are making it worse too. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, it, it, it exacerbates it. Yeah, it's out of fear that you're hiding it. Right. Because for me, I was afraid of opening up about it because A, I knew people looked at me like, oh, you have it all together. Oh, oh, you could never. You're like the happiest person ever. Sometimes like the happiest people are like the most, you know, sometimes the happiest and most creative people are the ones that are going through it the most. So it's mm -hmm. like, a friend of mine says, make, make sure you check on your strong friends too, because Lord knows what they're hiding and, and, and holding, not hiding, holding on to. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think there is such power in telling your story and being vocal, right? However, there's also power in telling your story too much. Because when you tell your story too much, you then identify with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. If you identify with, you aren't going to get better. Right. Because you now identify so hard with that thing. Totally. Yeah. Because we, we were just crazy. We were just doing an episode on habits. Um, right. It's going to release yeah. right before. And we were talking about the difference between goal based habits and identity based habits and how goal based habits don't really work because you're looking towards the outcome when you mm -hmm. should be, when the best way to change a habit um, or start a new habit is to identify as a certain type of person that would have that habit. Because when you identify with something and hold pride in that, then you will stick with that thing and right. do what that type of person would do. Um, right. And that works with like mental health, I think too, because a lot of mental health <clears throat> strategies are based like mindfulness and just like changing your thought patterns and stuff like that. I, I struggle with depression and it would, it would, it's all about like changing the negative thought patterns, starving it out, right? Starving it out. Exactly. And you can't starve it out with 
saying constantly, I have depression. I have, I have depression. yeah, I have depression. Right. I will you never have, heal. I will never you, heal. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If you identify with that, how are you going to change that and change your habits? So yeah, change exactly. So labeling, labeling yourself is good because then you can do more research and find some resources to figure out how to get better. But then it kind of becomes this thing that weighs you down in a way. Yeah. I think it's, I think there's a point of acceptance and, and Mm -hmm. saying kind of being honest with yourself and saying, this is the problem and I'm not going to fear the thing itself which is creating, which is just exasperating, exacerbating the fear. But again, you don't want that. Like, I don't, I don't identify as an anxious person. I don't, mm-hmm. I rarely say I used I'm just to such an a- anxious person. Like I, right. I don't say that because <clears throat> it's like people, a people who know me can probably see that. And B it's frustrating. Like whenever someone wants to say what Enneagram I am or like what personality type I am, they always pick the most anxious one. That's not really who you are. That's not really who I am. It's a disorder that I have or have, have dealt with in the past anxiety and being an anxious person. I'm not like an anxious, nervous person. I have an anxiety disorder, but that's not really who I am. And I don't identify with that. And I think there's, there's something to be said about, um, accepting it and wanting to take the steps to heal and, on the other side of that, making it your whole identity and like becoming a victim yeah. to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's like sometimes I, you know, in the three years that I've been going through this, like I haven't really, like I used to post on YouTube all the time. I was, you know, I had a YouTube career and there was a period where I just stopped because I, I started to really go through it and like I lacked motivation. I lacked well, you know, also I was like sick too. So I had no energy. You know, there was a period where I went like silent on YouTube and it was totally because I wanted to wait to talk about this until I figured it out. I wanted to wait to tell people about my mental health. I wanted to wait to be, you know, I talk about it on Instagram, but I was waiting to like post a really long YouTube video until I found the cure. I can't think like that. I can't think like that. However, I am happy with the time that I did take because I gained so much knowledge and I'm happy I didn't say anything two years ago. I'm happy I didn't say anything even a year ago because I had so much to learn. And that's, again, what I was saying earlier. This is an opportunity you know, it sucks because it puts you right in the in the battlefield. But like, it's an opportunity to totally dive deep and figure out you. Mm-hmm. And only you can do that. So, no one can do it for you. So about social media, yeah. I my question was with mental health. How did how did oh. your mental health and yeah social media collide? Horrible. Yeah, absolutely horrible. I have such a love hate relationship. Mm-hmm. With social media. Yeah, because you have a you have a decent amount of followers. Like you have a lot of followers, so I mean, I can imagine that puts different stress stresses on you than it would for for us. Okay, yes and no. I would say a few years ago, yes more than no. Mm-hmm. But I feel like now everyone feels inclined to post and make content. No matter what business you're in, no matter who you are, 
we all feel this weird need to post and get content and be pretty and be perfect online. It's so messed up. It is so messed up. And, you know, I, it just sucks because I have social media, everything to thank for literally everything I've ever gotten to do. Literally, social media gave me a platform, a voice. It allowed me to do a lot of cool stuff in the space, you know, with the help of my team and stuff. Um, but at the same time, social media was a, is a big trigger into how I even view success, mm-hmm. how I even view the world, how I view other people. People care more today about followers and engagement than they do actual work, credibility, and a resume, in my opinion. So so what does success look like to you then? Like what, what do you think is like a healthy definition of success or feeling successful? Feeling balanced between work, family, and personal, yeah. That's success to me. Whereas before, yeah, success was followers top tier fame movie 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 broadway show touring now i'm like that stuff is obviously the goal but i don't it's not i know that's not true success because like who's Mm -hmm. who's happy you know that's one part of the puzzle you have to figure out the other other Mm-hmm. Two, three, four, five, you know. And and not a, just figure out the puzzle, but how it all fits. Like you could find the pieces. Yeah, you could find the yeah. pieces. You could find like, okay, I have a personal life. I, I have emotional being and I have emotional being and I have work life here, but like figuring out how they all fit in a perfect circle is the is the stressful kind of, part. Right. And that's kind of what you know, where I maybe went not wrong, but where I lacked. Yeah, career was great, social life was great, but emotionally, I was going down a dark. I was going down a dark path, and it was like, it. I I I lost myself. I wasn't. I wasn't happy. I've 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 learned to not like chase success anymore. Like obviously, that's the goal. Like chase your goals, but like chase your goals. Don't chase success. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? No. Yeah, success. I mean, success, success is a happened. result that you can't control maybe or like maybe maybe more like happiness because like how many of us feel unfulfilled when we achieve something literally all the time you're like Mm -hmm. i thought i was gonna feel different yeah and and even if we are fulfilled it lasts for two seconds Mm -hmm. and that's what i mean like that's where i think social media messes people's perception of people and success like Mm -hmm. You oh need, to, God, you need booked, to chase that next this thing. this amazing thing. Oh, but so-and-so just booked this show on Broadway. Oh, so-and-so just got a house and just got married and is having a kid now. Like, it's so both ends. Like, I'm like, oh, wow, my career, I'm not there. Oh, personal life, I'm not there either. Mm-hmm. It's like... It's like we're seeing... Your, yeah. yeah, we're seeing too much of what everyone is doing and... And their successes, and not, and not enough of yeah, not all. enough of people's struggles. Like it just doesn't feel balanced. And I think you said it perfectly when you said what you're trying to find is this balance. You're not trying to yeah. find success. You're trying to find this balance that brings you contentment and peace, 
And I think we're all looking for that. It's like instinctively that is what we're looking for, but we think we're going to find it through success. And when we see no one, I mean, nowadays it's a little different, I think, but rarely are people posting their failures. I don't post my failures on Instagram. I mean, I don't post a lot in general, but it's not a hot take, but you say, oh, it's a highlight reel. It's, it's just, and that is all we're seeing. There's no, you're not seeing the balance of struggles or the balance of people feeling like they're behind. And I think the more you just engage in conversations like this with people Mm. face-to-face about the whole picture, you start to see that I'm not so different. I'm not so behind. I'm not so unsuccessful. Everybody has this whole picture and I, and it's said every, all the time, but you still don't see it. I kind of have, this might be offensive. So if it is, don't include it. Okay. But I kind of, I kind of have this hot take on like viewing somebody as, oh my gosh, extremely brave for being vocal about something. Mm -hmm. It's like, that should be normal. That's mm-hmm. just normal. That is uh, that is how the human brain works. Right. Yeah. You're like, oh, you're so brave for sharing that. And it's like, eh, am it's I? Like, Being vulnerable like, should be just part of the human condition. Human like it condition. shouldn't it shouldn't be like you are a superhero. Right. Because like it's, you are sharing like, your story. Yeah. Like for example, this oh, this rubbed me the wrong way. It's different. It's not exactly the same, but it's different. Like there was something about Billie Eilish, uh, like wearing a bathing suit in Twitter, mm. everyone on Twitter was like, oh, she's so brave, body positivity. And I'm like, literally, she didn't do that to be brave. She did it because she just wanted to Because she wanted suit. to. Right. Why is this a thing? Why is that a conversation? Yeah, it's like everyone wants to be like, if it's not comfortable to them, if it doesn't right. sit right with them, they want to call it something other than good, successful. What it is. Okay. It's new. They're like, Oh, that was so brave. It's that's because you're uncomfortable with it. That's because it doesn't fit your idea. Ask yourself what's wrong with you. (laughs) Right. Like it, it it doesn't fit your idea of perfection. So you have to call it something else. Mm -hmm. It's just, I just saw, I saw a very similar thing on Twitter recently where it was a, this girl on Instagram who was like, you know, just very normal sized body. And you know, it was her body. It was, you know, and she was wearing like a crop top and shorts and people were like mid-size representation. Like we love to see it. Thank you for being so brave and being like mid-size like, and like showing your body. And it's like, that's, she's just showing her body. She's not doing it to be brave. She's just being a person. Right. Like she didn't sign up to be an advocate. She's just being right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. I saw you the, know? yeah, I saw the exact same thing with a mom, uh, posting in a swimsuit and her, you can tell she's postpartum, you know, your skin is, doesn't look the same, whatever. And everyone was like, yes, normalize showing your postpartum body, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, she just wanted to post a picture with her kids on the beach and you all had to go and turn it into like being so woke. This movement. Right. It's this like, it's movement. not, a, it's not the a more, thing. And the more you make it a movement, the more you'll have people like resisting against it because people love to exactly. resist against things. Instead, if you just don't say anything about it, say Wow, you look beautiful, great bathing suit, whatever, you know. Exactly. Just make it normal. Again, I never chose to be an advocate for the mental health community. I never chose to be really an advocate for anything. It just, these things kind of happen. And I'm very honored and very happy and excited and thrilled to do, you know, the work that I do and, and, and talk with the people that I get to talk to. But I'm just being real. 
I'm just being real in any way I can. If that means being, if that to everybody means me being an advocate, okay. I think that's, that's not, so true. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. You're not out here like, I'm here again to advocate for mental health. Like you're just, I mean, in my opinion, what I see real. is you just post what you post. Like, oh, so glad I got to go out and meditate today. It was great. Like try it sometime. You're not right. like, okay, guys, here's the benefits of meditating. I'm really thinking everyone should try this. Like you're just like, it was good for me and I feel good. Yeah, it was good for me in this moment. Try it out. I've gotten some feedback from people before and people do, you know, say like, you're, you know, you're brave. But like a lot of people say I'm very different. I'm a very different creator, which it, which I love because I'm not trying to be like anybody else. I'm not trying to be anymore. I would say before, yeah, I was very, I, I was very into like fitting the trend. I'm not mm -hmm. into that anymore. I'm trying to be real and like find my own happiness. Well, and it's yeah. so much easier. It's so much easier right. to not mm -hmm. like we're, we're trying to figure out our branding and we're like, we don't want to do the trend. We want to do what feels like us and feels like right. our, what is our message in this podcast? What's our brand? You know, it's, it's so much easier than being like, what's the trending thing right now? It's, mm -hmm. it, that's exhausting because in two months, it's not going to be trending anymore. And you're going to have this to come is, up with fresh ideas. Oh, this is what's also, so, I'll touch on this for five seconds. This is what's also so frustrating about social media is there is so much content out there everywhere that good art is not being seen. Mm. So, oh my gosh, so true. So true. Or uh, it's so sad. It's constantly just being replicated. I mean replicated or or drowned out with just mindless. Yeah, like trends are being replicated and good art is being totally lost. Yeah, like I really I really fear for film I really fear mm -hmm. for a lot of artists out there so know. many things like I say all the time I would have loved and I mean I not to say I couldn't do this but I would have loved to get into doing like travel videography travel film and I'm like what's even the point with like TikTok now you just do those like literally one minute videos or less of like the trend of like when I say I live in Colorado this is what I mean and then it's like 50 photos of Colorado or something and everyone's like oh my gosh so beautiful so amazing I just want to travel and I'm like what would even be the point of me making a five-minute video about a trip I went on because people don't want to even pay attention for that long they think it's already been done it's not there's nothing new you know it's just there's so many things that I think stop creators from wanting to do something new or drown out like you said really new interesting work I think, or they're, or they're just stole. It's stolen. Like a mm -hmm. lot of times well, it's just like stolen with no credit. I'm even guilty of that too. Like I definitely, and this is again, social media warping my perception of what success is. We all want engagement. We all want followers. We all want attention. So I will stash my ideas to follow a trend because I know that will get me somewhere. I'm, I've, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's exhausting. Yeah, I don't know. I just really encourage people who are like, because I have a really bad relationship with social media. Find out who you are without it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like a huge thing that I feel like I go back and forth on. And we're going to do an episode about this probably the week after this is released, where 
I either want to totally get off social media and be like, I'm totally done with it. Or I'm like, I really want to build my following. I really want to build my platform. I want to build up the podcast platform, like all these different things. And I think it's hard to find that balance because it's so not good for your mental health and just society in general. Like that's pretty much a known fact, but everything really revolves around it now. And you're like, I could make money doing this. I could be on my own schedule doing this. I could, there's a lot of pros that it feels like it's just, you're trying to constantly go both ways and it can't, it, it's either one or the other. The thing that social media gets tricky is it gets personal. If, if you don't, if your, if your stuff doesn't perform well, you take it personally. Right. And that because is it's the, you. It's you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's definitely, I mean, we want to go more into it a little like, in another episode, we want to really dive into it, but it's just good to hear from somebody who has a platform of saying like, yeah, it is, sorry, there's a fucking ambulance. Who's um, hurt? Like, who, like, I know. Why like, right now? On. Come on. Yeah, it, like it, you chose right now to get hurt. <laughs> you chose, you <laughs> even chose violence today? Okay. <laughs> um, but it is you, it is your face, it is your reputation. If you don't stay relevant, you don't make money. And I think that's scary. Um, because the whole point of it is ultimately to make a living, to be able to do this really fun, cool thing and not have to work a traditional job. I'm, I'm seeing it with a lot of creators, myself included. There was a moment when I was hot, I was making money, I was doing it. And then there was a moment I wasn't, no brands were at my doorstep anymore. And that really affected me. And it was like, Entertainment has, especially now, has gone in such a clickbaity world where they want who's hot right now. And that could change tomorrow. That could change tonight. So it's frustrating because it, it again, warps your whole perception on self-esteem, mm-hmm. success, etc. Yeah, definitely. Just to switch gears a little bit, I want to talk about quickly your journey with music kind of how that's yeah. potentially helping you heal through creating honestly at the peak of my uh mental health journey probably when it was the most confusing i really turned to music i love to sing and that's as much as i knew i didn't know how to write i didn't know how to play an instrument you know i knew chords on the piano i knew chords on the guitar but i didn't know how to write a song i didn't know how to make anything so you know, just before the pandemic, I got, you know, with a few friends and we made like the first song that I've ever worked on. And it it was the most fulfilling thing to hear a track in the room get made and like have it be my vision. I never knew that I would get into music as much as I did, because when I'm working with a producer, I know exactly what I want to hear. It's crazy. I never thought that I would ever have that. You know, I always felt like a fraud in the music scene because, like, everyone does music, and I didn't feel talented enough. I didn't feel like I knew it enough. But when I'm in the studio, I know exactly what I want to hear. I know exactly the vibe. And, you know, co-writing stuff with my friends and, like, kind of co-producing, it's, it's so fun, and it's so fulfilling, and it's so rewarding. So pretty much all of 2020 I have been making demos after demo after demo after demo with one of my best friends and it's just been so therapeutic 
and that's what it is. I, I was just creating to create. I wasn't creating for attention. I wasn't creating for success. It was literally an outlet for me. And I can't wait to land on the one, two, three, or EP or album one day to release because there's so much I want to say and in that space. So yeah, I really dove into that. I have my own original music coming soon. I reimagined Landslide. I reimagined Mm -hmm. Landslide, which is on my YouTube channel, which that is that whole video and that whole project embolizes my healing journey, like letting go of the past, moving forward to the future. And yeah, I'm just so excited to, you know, have my own stuff out there one day and like have it reach people because bitch, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but also also I got into painting painting and music literally keep me sane I've been selling I'll post on my story a painting that I made and people have been buying them <laughs> look at this painting I made yesterday oh that's wonderful that's great when I and tell you I've it? never painted before this year well this one's expensive so <laughs> I'm like, give it to us for free. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I really turned to art and music, and it's cool because I'm mm-hmm. like, those are the two things I never saw myself doing. Yeah. I, However, they were like far-fetched dreams. It, it's kind of it's kind of amazing too when you do those things because it really shows you how much you've healed because you're mm-hmm. like, I'm doing things that I never thought I could do. You know, exactly. exactly. Totally. Like just putting a little bit of trust in yourself. Painting and music are the for me are the exact way you describe them. I've never done it. I feel like a fraud if I would try to do that. Like, but you felt the same but, way about a podcast. Right. There's so many things that you're like, we just talked about this on our last episode. You could just do it. You could just say, I'm a painter. Well, oh shit, you better get painting. You better do it. You know, like, okay. It's hard when money's involved. It's hard course, when money yeah. and, and, and career is involved. So, like, that's why I think music – that's why I'm really happy that I did, you know, music behind the scenes first because I needed to – you know, I'm still finding my sound. Not that I need one. Obviously, mm-hmm. every artist needs a sound, but, like, I also love trying everything else. I, I, lo- I love trying every sound out. But it's hard when it when there's a monetary – value because it 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 feels i don't know i really try not to let that like take the create creativity out of stuff and it did do that for me with acting and self tapes Mm -hmm. so it was nice to have two outlets whether it be art or or whether it be painting or music to really dive in with no expectations no pressure Mm -hmm. because i always try to like capitalize on my what i create and these were the two things sure. I was not going to do that with until I found what my thing was. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. I think that's a yeah. great message. And I've been trying to think a lot more lately, like, what would I do if I knew nobody was going to see it and mm-hmm. it wasn't going to... It would like, change. Right. It would. To- I would do so many different things. And I'm like, wow, I should really do that. That's really what life is about. It's not about who's going to see it on social media or how can I monetize it or what like how is this going to change how people view me it's about how it fulfills you Mm -hmm. create for you Mm -hmm. not nobody else yeah this is your story bitch yes oh my gosh that is 
I feel like a great note to kind of wrap it up. But the last <laughs> final thing that I want you to talk about when the night that we met, it was, oh I don't even oh know, my six months ago or something like that. And That's we met crazy. Yeah. Through our mutual friend, Tanner. Oh, Tanner told me to tell you he said hi, by the way. Hey, so Tanner. we'll shout I him out. Him. He has to listen to the full episode to get to that part. And yeah, um, Tanner. Well, he, he'll probably fall asleep. He'll probably fall asleep. Wait. He always falls asleep. Tanner, I love you. <laughs> So he's coming, he's driving through, we go, we get wine, we go get margaritas with a few of our friends. And we don't just get margaritas, we get we multiple shots of tequila. Yeah. We were Liddy City and Jordan comes out swinging with this story from the Teen Choice Awards where he lost a Teen Choice Award. Oh. And it is the funniest story. It gets me every time. And I want you to tell that story. We also super bonded over um, a health condition. having the exact same type of anxiety. We woke up the next morning, both hung over, both like super anxious. And Sunday Tanner, scaries. Yeah. Tanner went to get us bagels and I was like, not really talking that much. And I was like, I just feel like. Well, no, I, it, have- it, I, I was also, it was also your apartment. Yeah. It was, and yeah. I was. A stranger, and you we did. were drunk the night before, and this yeah. was the first time we were like, we like woke up sober, and we were like, "Hey, girl," hey. <laughs> I was like, like "Sorry," you- I, I, I remember being like, "Sorry," I'm just like, I get really anxious when I'm hungover, so I was like, "Whatever," trying not to like be too crazy, and you were like, "Oh my gosh, me too," and I was like, "Yeah, like that's on anxiety disorders," and you're like, "Wait, wait," here's the we here's the in. issue, and then I was like, "Oh, I have chronic hyperventilate," and you were like. Oh my God, we like really and lost I it. I had never heard someone say that. It was, no, never. I've never heard someone understand it. And we talked about it for so long. Mm-hmm. I've never felt more validated in my life. I still that have was, that issue. That was fantastic. But can you tell that Teen Choice Award story before you leave? <laughs> yeah. I still have that issue, by the way. It's crazy. So terrible, dude. I still have it come up every, probably like a few times a week. And I'm just like, where did this even come from? Like, does not make yeah. any sense. Does not make I didn't any sleep. Sense. I didn't sleep much last night, and I can. I felt it all day today, especially if you don't sleep. Yeah, you know. it's just like you can't. All of a sudden, you just can't breathe normally. You're like very. You're like too aware of your breathing yes. to the point where you're shallow breathing. Like, yep, over and over and over, and you can't make it stop. And next thing you know, you're like on the verge of losing consciousness. Literally dizzy. Yeah, love that for us. Love okay, it. Anyway. Okay. So, so yeah, there was this one time. Um, He's like, I fucking I hate this. I woke up to a message, an email, sorry. And it said, you know, this was a time I was like young. I think I was like 20 years old. I was doing improv. I was doing comedy. I was touring this like show of mine. It was called Holly Weird. And it was just like my naive ass take on Hollywood and it was cringy as fuck and like my my audience was like 15 16 year olds um one day I get an email saying you've been nominated and I was like what so I click it you've been nominated for a teen choice award and I was like what I'm like okay <laughs> then I go on the little list and it's like it tells you the other nominees Ellen DeGeneres Ellen DeGeneres Aziz Ansari James Corden 
<laughs> Kevin Hart, and like someone else. I uh I don't know who else. That's embarrassing. I was like so shook. I was like, someone had to have done something behind. Like someone, I, like someone this is a joke. Someone killed someone for this nominee. Someone killed someone. I believe that to this day. I believe it to this day. But then the next year, it happened again. <laughs> this time, this time I was against like the to- the Dolan twins, but it was twice. It was twice. That is so funny. Gets me every time. And so, who won? That year, yeah. Oh, the first year. Oh, so the first year, um, Ellen. So, <laughs> I, my bio on all my social medias for years was lost a teen choice award to Ellen. I lost a teen choice award to Ellen. Like that's my greatest accomplishment. That is, that's my, an amazing. The fact that you were even good, like that's a good one liner. It's yeah, such a it's good hilarious. One-liner. Yeah, that's a. I mean, what? But I get sums like, people up more than that. I get second I get to like, Ellen. I get like crazy and kooky. I don't like talking about it all the time because I'm like, I don't want people to think I'm like this really hilarious, funny person because I'm like, you will be disappointed. <laughs> like, like, okay, wait, if we want to talk about where my mental health started to go down was the nomination. <laughs> we can trace it back no. to one event. <laughs> That's no, traumatic. No, Your body for was real. like in. I, I got to beat Ellen. I got to beat Ellen to a pulp. Literally, I did not feel ready for it. And and once that happened, I was like like total imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. I, I felt that I had to be the funniest person alive moving forward. And it put so much stress on me. So then I started doing stand-up. Horrible. I should never do stand-up ever. It's not my thing. <laughs> That's just no idea. too funny. I love it. It was – yeah, it was crazy. And then – we had to press. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> then and now we went. chronically hyperventilate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Long story short. <laughs> Long story short. Oh, God. What a nightmare. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been fantastic and this so fun. This was so fun. Yes. yes. I, I feel like it was such a great conversation. This has been one of my mm-hmm. favorite episodes. And I just feel like you're – you're just so like authentic and honest Thanks. and thank you so much for coming on and being vulnerable because that's hard. It's not brave, but it is hard still. It is so uh-huh. it, it's thank you for doing that and making it normal and being yourself. It was really great to meet you. So. Anyway. So tell people really quick where they can find you. If they're interested in finding your music or your Instagram or whatever, whatever you want people to get inspired oh, by. I also wanted to say, Thank you for giving me the platform to talk about such topics. Sure, this was of course. Really great very very small small about. platform, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but people, I no, think people will be interested in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, regardless, any platform is a platform. And if it, if if it reaches one person, we did our job right. Yeah, it reached us, and this was a great conversation. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, I I try yeah. to think of it that way. It's like no matter who even listens to this. We got something. I, I had a good yeah, time. I had a great time doing this. So I had a great time. It was yeah. This has been so fun. Yeah. Um. But yeah, people can find me at Jordan Dow on I think everything, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. We got in early. Yes. Yes. And um, same thing on Spotify. To if they want to find yeah. your music, Jordan Dow D O W W. And like I said, 
original music on the way. Yes, I'm so excited for that. That's yeah, gonna be awesome. Too. And oh, before I can't wait. I love your cover of Landslide. Can you sing a few bars? <laughs> sing it for us. <laughs> like I have forgotten the lyrics. He's like, I literally have so much tequila on my system. <laughs> um, no, I'm okay. good. I'm good. <laughs> Well, we are going to wrap it up. Um, you guys know where you can find us at So Good So Far Do Podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Do that. At the bar? <laughs> Literally at the bar. Um, you can find me at Nicole Pilgrim. You can find me at Jackie's Attic. And we will be back next week with another great episode about social media like we talked about. Anyway, have a great week. It's been so, so good so, so far. far. Goodbye. Bye, guys. This is so, so fun. Good, so far. Oh. Cool. And the other cool. thing is, if you ever, <laughs> if you ever mess up or like just want to restart something just end the video just fucking hang up we don't want anything to do with it (laughs) (laughs) Um, just pause at this point (laughs) like